Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast. I'm really excited today because as you guys all know, my favorite podcast uh, episodes are these interviews with my incredible students and today is not going to be a disappointing interview. This is going to be incredible. I've had a couple of conversations with Erica Cheminor, and she's a junior right now who has done already some excellent work on her impact project, even though we just barely got through the first 12 weeks of class. And I think she's just so wise. She has so many great things to say about what college prep should be and how she wants to make an impact in the world. And so I'm really excited for you all to listen to this interview. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. I'm happy to be here. Oh, so good. So good. So Erica, uh, it has been amazing. And we just finished the cohort that you were a part of just days ago. So just to set the stage for everyone who's listening in, you're a junior, but it's not like you've been in this program for a really long time, like so many of the other juniors. You're just getting started. So in, in one way, you're about to apply for college. In another, you're just now learning or you just recently learned kind of those key elements to how admissions officers read applications and how you can avoid the mistakes that most people make in college prep. And you've learned about your core values and about how you can make an impact in your community. And so just to begin, I, I'd love to hear and I'd love for the, the audience, the listeners to be able to understand kind of what your motivation was for joining the course in the first place. Was there a problem or, or a challenge that you were trying to overcome that motivated you to, to sign up for the Ivy League Challenge? Yeah, so I think before the Ivy League Challenge, I was really struggling with my mental health. I wasn't taking care of myself as I should have been. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't eating the proper kinds of foods. And also my mindset about college admissions was completely different. I was doing all the clubs and extracurriculars that I thought would make me look impressive. But in reality, every other smart kid at my school was doing that too. So <laughs> at the same time, I was stressed because I didn't know how to make myself stand out. Oh, that is so stressful. So you were just running back and forth doing everything that you thought everyone was supposed to do. And it sounds like you weren't taking care of yourself, either mentally or physically, uh, not eating right, not sleeping, not moving your body the way you should, and not taking care of your mental health. That is... That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. So what did that feel like is you were trying to overcome kind of that stress of how do I stand out? But then you're you're not taking care of yourself either. Oh, my goodness, that, that frustration must have been overwhelming. What was it like as you tried to solve that problem? Well, as my junior year rolled around, I got even more stressed because I didn't know if I was doing enough to get into the college that I wanted to, you know. And I had no energy left after all the extracurriculars I was doing. And because I wasn't taking care of myself, I was like running into a lot of health issues. And so I was just feeling so frustrated. Like I didn't know what I should do. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And so what uh, now that you've now that you've finished the course, OK, that we've 
we haven't exactly finished. We're still going to be working in workshops and masterclasses and with your community and with your mentors and everything else for many, many months up until you apply. But that first kind of three months is where we meet every single week. We learn all about how admissions officers read applications, how you can avoid the mistakes that most people make. So you have the tools now to make better decisions. What would you say is different for you now? I think the biggest thing that's changed from like three months ago is my mindset because almost everything about my life is completely different. Like now I prioritize my sleep on top of everything else and my mental health. I'm Mm. taking care of myself and I've quit all the extracurriculars that don't really matter and that everyone is doing. So now I have a lot more free time to work on myself and the things that I care about. Wow. How do your parents feel about that? Have they noticed a difference? Yes, and they are so relieved. <laughs> they, they can see how much happier I am now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love even just that quote. They can see how much happier I am now. What Can, can you kind of quantify it? What does it feel like now to be happier? Or, or what do they see? What have they said? What have you noticed is different in just in your life in general with this better mindset? Well, Yes. So I think before I just I was kind of wandering aimlessly. I didn't really know what I was doing and how I would accomplish my goals. But now, because I have so much more energy, I feel like everything I'm doing has more of a purpose now. Mm. And I can actually achieve the things that I want to do. And I can see the end goal in sight. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This is that is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. So take us to the moment in class, if there was one, maybe maybe there were several, but take us to the moment when you realized things were changing, that, that the Ivy League challenge was actually working to kind of shift that mindset or solve these problems that, that you were facing at the time. I think it was during one of my cohort sessions, the one where we had just finalized our impact project, okay. that I realized that doing the Ivy League challenge was the right decision because I was kind of stuck between two or three impact project ideas. I didn't really know which one I should do. But during our breakout sessions, I was talking with the other kids in my cohort and they helped me to come to a decision. Mm. And by the end of the actual cohort session, I was so excited about my impact project because it felt like something, it was something that was close to my heart. And I was so excited. I ran downstairs and I was like, mom, I have a great idea. And I was just so excited. I couldn't stop talking about it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm excited to hear more about it. Uh, I can't wait to hear about this impact project. And of course, I know quite a bit about it. But still, I'm excited for the listeners to be able to listen in and 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 be excited for you and with you. Uh, before we do that, one kind of last question to kind of help us understand that contrast, right? A few months ago, we're talking about just... 100 days ago, right? Less than three months ago, uh, or, or a little bit more than three months ago, you were talking about not taking care of your body and a terrible mindset and stressed out and wandering and not knowing what to do. And and now it sounds like there's excitement and joy even perhaps, and maybe a little bit of meaning and time to get your sleep and everything else. Um, can you just paint that picture for us? What does your life look like now that you've just been through this experience that that changed your mindset so completely? 
I think my life is much more peaceful now. I'm not anxious all the time. I'm not stressed for sure. Well, I am, but you know, not as much. You're a junior. <laughs> That's a bold statement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not as much as I was before yeah. three months ago. Uh-huh. And I think it was mostly because I found my impact project and I'm doing something that I'm really passionate about. So the admission or the acceptance letter is not what's important to me now. It's wow. more about how my impact project can help my community. Oh, so. oh my goodness. That is beautiful. So let's get into that. And and that statement, the acceptance letter, like that notification that you're in to this college or that college is no longer stressing you out, I think that may be the greatest statement I've heard on this podcast yet. For a junior to say that, uh, my heart is full of pride. And I, I think that as the listeners listen in, some of you might be feeling like, no, that, that still matters a lot. Like where you go, that's why we do all this. And Erica, I just so appreciate your perspective. Now you have more maturity and more of a long-term kind of time horizon perspective than maybe some of the adults who are listening uh, who don't quite realize that, you know what, your resourcefulness when you arrive on campus is way more important than which campus you arrive on. Uh, you can be really, really valuable in the open market and, and never even go to college at all. Or you can go to the best of the best of the best and not become really valuable in the open market, right? And so all of those things are true. And when you hold on to this, I want to be the best version of me who can really become valuable in the open market as the best version of me. That's how I'm happy. And that's how life is meaningful. Uh, that is just absolutely beautiful that at this age, you can state that with so much clarity and so much confidence. I just think that's incredible. Congratulations. Like that is amazing. Thank you. Uh, inspiring even. All right. So explain your impact project to us. What is this incredible project that you're so excited about? So my project is a programming language learning app that right now is aimed at teaching young kids how to learn Python. And the reason I'm focusing on young kids is because in my area, there are little to no free and accessible resources for kids to learn Python. So kids are exposed to Python or they start learning Python when they get to high school. And what I've noticed among my friends is that they often drop out of the computer science program within two years because it's too difficult for them. But for the like for me and some of my other friends who started learning how to code when they were younger, they we stick with it, you know. So mm. I thought, especially because the majority of people who drop out of the program are girls, we need a solution to this problem. Yeah. Oh, so important. Okay. So you're addressing this at a very young age, kind of when people are curious and not overwhelmed by the coding. And if they can develop the kind of skills that lay a strong foundation, you feel like you can empower younger people, especially younger people who are likely to drop out, maybe uh, girls who don't see themselves in coding circles because there are less and less of them as as they get older. You're, you feel like giving them that foundational support can can empower them to stay in this field as long as they choose to stay in. They don't have to drop out because they don't belong or because they don't have the skills. They can drop out when they realize that they love something else better, right? Or they can stick with it forever. 
Okay, so incredible. That's really, really valuable. The teacher in me loves this, right? Giving the foundational skills to people so that they can make a choice. They can have the freedom to choose one way or the other. And you've built an app to do this. So how does that work? You, you, do, do, is it, do, do students or do, do children kind of begin to code and they put the code into the app and the app says, here's where you can improve or, or talk me through kind of this app. What does that feel like and look like? Right. So I just built the demo of the app and there's a resources page where kids go to learn. That's where they start okay. if they have no experience. And then there's also like a quiz page where they can test their knowledge with multiple choice questions. And every question and answer choice comes with feedback. So if a student gets it wrong, they can understand why that question or that, sorry, that answer is wrong and they can learn from it. And in the case that they need further help, I built an AI chatbot into my app. So they can ask the AI chatbot questions if they need it, or they could even ask them for assignments and like practice questions so they can try coding something on their own. Ah, very cool. That's so great because now you're even including young people in, in a new tool, a separate tool, which is AI, right? And of course, we all know that the key, to, or most of us know that the key to using AI well is number one, to use the correct AI tool. They're not all the same. And number two, the better the prompt, the better the response, right? The better the prompt, the, the better the information you're going to get back. And so if people are beginning to learn how to prompt AI at a much younger age, that helps them to think through the logic of using this tool uh, more effectively. Like what, what is the process of the sequence of prompts that's going to get to the, the conclusion that I want? If they can start learning that, that's another skill that they're developing. I'm not sure if you did that intentionally, but another really, really important skill to develop at a young age. Yes. And not only is Python a great beginning programming language, but it's also the language of AI. So mm. kids who learn how to code in Python will also be developing the foundational skills to make an AI algorithm. Wow. Wow. Okay. So here you are, you've got your prototype finished. You are, uh, you've already integrated AI chatbot into this to trouble, to help uh, people troubleshoot. They can learn, they can quiz, they can ask for more, more help, and they can ask for more assignments even from this app. That sounds really incredible. Uh, but Everyone that I know who has created an app from scratch, and that's a, you know, there have been several, all faced unexpected challenges. And so I have to assume that at some point you might have experienced some frustration or you might have discovered a few things about yourself. Tell us about the frustrations or the challenges you've had to overcome as you built this app. I think my biggest frustration and challenge was. I had never built an app on my own before, so mm -hmm. I didn't know. I want to make an app, but I didn't know where to begin. So my first thought was, let me ask my Java tutor. Maybe she'll know. But when I asked her, she said she had no experience building an app and she couldn't help me. Uh -huh. So then I was kind of left on my own for a bit, and I was worried because I didn't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. So eventually, after a bit of searching, I found through a Facebook group, an organization that helps kids with projects that like projects that integrate AI, and they also help you do research. 
And so I did a consultation call with them and now they're helping me build my app. Wow, I love this. For those who don't know, I, I in, in, in video, I am just like pumping my hands in the air in excitement and cheering her on and kind of distracted her a little bit. She almost chuckled there for a second. But that's because in the Ivy League Challenge, we talk about this, right? You don't know what you don't know. You have to go find a community. You have to find a mentor. You have to find an expert. You have to join the community, you know, pay your dues, build trust, build relationships, and they will help you. They will be excited. They'll be thrilled to support you. And that is so fun that that's exactly what you did and that you've had such a great experience. What else have you discovered or learned along this way besides just how important it is to work with experts and, and to work with a community? Anything else that, that you'd like to share that you really kind of learned about yourself or about the process with those who are thinking about building their own app? I think the other issue I came across was <clears throat> just trying to figure out how I should build my app because I knew I wanted to teach kids Python, but I wasn't really sure how I was going to make it so that kids will enjoy it. So mm. it was during one of my support workshops that I talked to one of the mentors and she said, what if you gamified it? So you make it more fun for the kids and it's like a game for them. And I thought that was a really great idea. Oh. So I'm working on that right now to try to build that into my app. So good. So good. And I appreciate the plug for the workshops, right? For those of you, I know a lot of my listeners are previous Ivy League Challenge students and families of Ivy League Challenge students. And I can't say it enough. We, you have to prioritize those workshops that are free that you do after you finish you know, that first intensive three months. We have workshops at least once a month, usually twice a month. And when you come, you get inspired just like Erica has. And I've seen Erica at these workshops. She's going to be there to inspire you as well. So uh, lots to do there. Okay, so what is your vision moving forward with this? Where do you go from here? How, so already you're talking about gamifying the app and moving it forward. Do you have a plan or thoughts about where you're going to test this out? You've got your first prototype. Are you going to go to a, where, where is your, what is your plan for, for moving forward? Well, my plan is once my app is completely ready, I'm going to go to the local elementary schools and show them to kids who are in coding club and ask them for feedback on my app. So they're going to try out the app, see what they like, what they don't like. And based on that, I can change up the app and see how it can best serve them. Okay, brilliant. Have you begun to talk to the elementary school teachers yet? Yes, I have connections at two schools. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so that's all done. I was going to say that would be really important to do while you're building out the app. How do you know that the app is ready for uh, their testing? How do you make Oops. that decision? Well, once I gamify it, I think that it would be really engaging for the kids because right now it's looking a little dull. But the, you know, foundation of the app is there. So cool. Okay. So you've got the app. It's working. It's functional. But it's not kid-friendly. It's not gamified yet. And you need it to be a little bit more fun and beautiful. Um, and once it's there, once it's a little bit more kid-friendly, you already have the two schools that you're going to move into, talk to the kids. 
this sounds like an incredible plan. Um, can we get some follow-up maybe in, in three or six months and hear more about uh, the impact project and how things are, are moving for you? I know as a junior, I mean, time just flies, right? You've got so much on your plate all the time and it's not going to slow down for another about 12 months. But do you think we can pull out another 20 or 30 minutes sometime in, I don't know, say three to six months for a, a follow-up on this and, and learn more about how your impact project is progressing? Yes, of course. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. I think it'd be fun for those who are listening in. I know we get so many so many parents and so many teens reach out to me asking about what do I do in computer science, right? Like what kind of project fits for me or for my teen? And so I love this interview because here you are, you had a specific problem that you wanted to address. We didn't get to talk through kind of that phase one experience, your core values and how you decided that that problem instead of another problem is the right one to solve. But for people to listen in and hear your excitement and to understand just how incredible uh, this experience is and, and what you've done with these last few months, um, I think that the story is going to be very inspiring for a lot of people listening. And so I think they're going to want to hear that follow-up in a few months. Can you keep in touch and let me know when we're ready to, to do a follow-up interview? Yes, I will. Oh, I love it. Erica, Thank you so much for joining us today. It, can I just ask one more question? Um, for those who are listening in who are maybe, let's, let's call it three or four years younger than you. And they think, man, Erica is my hero. Like that is exactly what I hope to be when I'm a junior. I hope to be prioritizing my sleep. I hope my mental health is exactly where it needs to be. I hope that I am, I am stressed in a healthy way and not an unhealthy way that I have direction, that I have a project that I care about. Like I can imagine that there are a number of people. There are thousands of people who listen to this podcast. And I think that there are going to be many of them, hundreds of them who are three or four years younger than you and saying, if I can be just like Erica, when I'm a junior, life is good. Like that's my goal for life. What advice do you have for those listeners listening in right now? I think at that age, the most important thing is take care of yourself, make sure your body is performing at its best so you can perform at your best and start exploring your own values and yourself, what your interests are, so that when you get ready to build a project like mine, you'll be really excited and passionate about it. Mm, I love it. I love it. So you would start out exactly how we started out. We, in week one, we start with your physical body, right? You're, it doesn't matter how ambitious you are if your physical body cannot support, if you don't have the stamina to support your ambition. And then you say you would go from there to core values, which is exactly what we do in week two, three, and four. Figure out core values so that you have the right kind of project. You know, it, people say, well, what do I do in history? Or what do I do if I'm a linguist? What do I do if I love physics? What do I do if I love biology? What if I do? What do I do if I love computer science? Uh, it doesn't matter. You start with your core values, right? You start with what matters to you because there are problems that need to be solved that are meaningful to you. But let's figure out who you are and what matters to you so that we can make really, really good choices. Because when you choose the right project and you commit yourself to it, not only does it just feel amazing to accomplish something that matters to you? But you're recharging your batteries during your 
kind of off school time. And then you have full batteries to really rock it in school. You can get the great grades because your batteries are already full, right? And there's a huge difference between that kind of healthy approach to high school and the unhealthy approach of, well, what's more impressive? I got to run and do this and I got to run and do that and, and have to try to beat everyone else at everything. Even though there's no direction, there's no emphasis on core values. There's not even emphasis on taking care of your physical body in, for most teenagers in college prep. And you're saying, let's stop the madness. Let's do what we're supposed to do. Take care of your body, find your core values and figure out a project that aligns with those core values. And another thing is when I started taking care of myself, my grades also improved. I was a really big procrastinator before I started the Ivy League challenge. But once I started taking care of myself, my grades just skyrocketed. Wow. Yeah, that is the irony, right? That so many people feel like I can't slow down because I've got so much to do and everything matters. I don't want to sacrifice my grades. I don't want to sacrifice my achievement. So I can't slow down. I have to do everything and I have to do it more. And But I don't have time. So I'll just squeeze it in late at night or early in the morning and I'll sleep later. And what we discover is yeah, you, slowing down doesn't hurt your grades or hurt your achievement or your performance. Slowing down and doing things wisely just removes all of the unnecessary stuff. And and you're saying that your grades improved and you stopped procrastinating? Yes. Ah, absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, Erica, thank you so much. I know you're a busy junior. You've got so much on your plate and you took time out of that to be with us and to inspire us today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.